Come on, somebody, why don't you just bless the Lord for just a second? Come on, all across this room, why don't you clap your hands, all ye people? Come on, why don't you clap your hands, all ye people? And why don't you lift up your voice with a shout of triumph, knowing that God has already won the battle and He's won the victory for us. Come on, if I've got anybody in the room who knows that God has never lost the battle and He never will, somebody ought to give God some praise in the room tonight. You know, I'll say this, just keep playing, just keep playing. Uh, let me just say this, I, I've been in rooms all around the world and here's what I found about the places that God visits and habitates and loves the most is when he can find people who don't just come, but they come hungry. God always feeds the hungry. Y'all are way too quiet on a Sunday night. I said, God always feeds the hungry. But he doesn't feed them just because they came. He feeds them because he sees their appetite. What if I told you tonight that the meal you receive is contingent upon the appetite you brought? The Bible said that he fed, he fed the children of Israel manna. He fed them something to eat, but he only did it, watch this, according to their eating. According is a musical term. It means in harmony with. In other words, God said, I'm about to drop a meal from heaven, but the meal you get will be the meal you came hungry for. And before I preach tonight, God told me to stir up your appetite because there are showers of blessings, because there is meals of healing, because there is something God wants to do in your life. So one more time in this room, if I've got any hungry people in the house, God is about to feed you, but he wants to know, is anybody hungry for what heaven has? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you came hungry tonight, heaven will feed you. Are you ready to eat? I said, are you ready to eat from heaven's bounty tonight? Come on, are you ready to go home a different way than you came? Are you ready to go home? Oh, come on, with no sickness in your body, with no disease uh, in your body, with nothing troubling your mind. Heaven is about to meet us here. All right. Well, I feel like preaching if you can't tell. If you can, just stay standing. How about this worship team? Just keep playing. You, you sound good over there, man. I like you. I like you. Why don't you stay standing and open up your Bibles? Uh, to the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John. And as you're turning, let me just say how grateful I am to be back. Uh, I, I, listen, y'all are more than a church I preach at. Y'all family. Listen, you stuck with Pastor Josh Carter. You just stuck with me. Come on, somebody. I hope that's an okay thing. Uh, I, I absolutely adore the staff here. I adore Pastor Jordan, Pastor Gary, his wife. I don't know about you, but God must really love you to bless you with this kind of leadership. If you're thankful for the leadership of this house that's taking you somewhere in God, come on, you ought to give God some praise to let him know that he has blessed you with the finest. I honor you and I bless you. And I just believe that the best is yet to come. You have seen much, but you've not seen anything yet. Now, can I, I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there. I feel like preaching tonight. I feel one of them Holy Ghost, sweaty, hollering, shouting preachers coming on me. 
Because I believe God has something he wants to do and say in your life that's going to transform you forever. If you believe it, say amen. The Gospel of John, chapter 14. Uh, my wife sends her hello. She's watching. You know, when the kids get sick, mama's got to stay home. So the little one was not feeling well, and she's home. I love you. God bless you. Uh, thank you for tuning in. John chapter 14, uh, we're going to look at verses 15 through 17, and then one verse in the Gospel of John chapter 16, and then I'm going to preach it like I feel it. If you've got it, say amen. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, simply says this. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Because God equates love with obedience. Ah. You can always tell how much somebody really loves God by how well they obey what God already said. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I, red letters Jesus is talking, will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper that he might abide with you Oh, I like that. Forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Skip over John chapter 16, just one verse, verse 7, and then I'm going to preach it. It says this. Jesus in the same dissertation says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the comforter, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. We are just days away from Pentecost. And I want to preach a message tonight to inform you of something you may not know. That God has an update prepared for his people. The kind of update that's going to take you to new levels in God. The kind of update that's going to take you into different places and different dimensions of faith. God has an update oh, ready for his people. So tonight, I want to preach for just a second along the lines of the update. If you're ready to receive it, come on, just slip up your hands. Father, I thank you for what I sense and for what I feel. Father, I pray, speak now. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe it, somebody say amen. You may be seated. And as you're seated, somebody, look at somebody say, get ready for the update. Get ready. Get ready for the update. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. It was just weeks ago in this room that you celebrated what most would call Resurrection Sunday. In the world, they would call it simply Easter. But that day was significant as we celebrated that the Jesus that we love and serve and call Lord is no longer dead, but he is indeed alive. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that still knows that he is alive. Oh, you're way too quiet on me. I said, I wonder if there's anybody in the room that still knows uh, that the Jesus you celebrated five weeks ago that came out the grave is not dead. He is still alive and still full of power and all authority is still in his hands. Jesus is alive. It is a profound thought to think that just weeks ago we celebrated the coronation of our king, that he came out of the grave. He is no longer attached to death and will never see death, conquered death, and now extends the same grace to his children. This day that we will never see or taste the sting of death in itself, we will be like him one day and be seated beside him. Oh, that's good news in the room tonight. That, my friends, is what we called Resurrection Sunday. But before it was ever Resurrection 
Sunday. Indeed, indeed, that weekend was traced back to a place called Passover. Because in this room, I can't talk about Pentecost without talking about Passover. Where are my Bible people out in the room? I said, I said, I can't talk about Pentecost without talking about Passover. Passover and Pentecost are directly connected. For you could never have a Pentecost if it was not, a, if it was not for a Passover. Let me, let me just remind you of the power of Passover. Passover is the place by which God instructed the children of Israel to take a lamb and slay a lamb and then take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the doorpost and on the lintel to let, to let the death angel know that when it began to pass through on the plague, whatever had the blood, oh hallelujah, whatever had the blood on it uh, would not be affected by what was going on around it. Uh, I am an old school preacher, but I came to tell somebody there's still power in the blood. Oh, that might not be for everybody, but I want to tell somebody that there's still power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I came to tell somebody that that blood on your life uh, will never lose its power. Do you not know that there were car accidents that had your name on it? There was stuff that had your name on it. There were traps of the enemy, I feel like preaching, that had your name on it. But when the enemy came in for the kill and the knife was coming down, he had to stay his hand because of the blood of Jesus on your behalf. Oh, if you see me shouting every once in a while and dancing every once in a while, I'm really not trying to impress you. I'm just thinking about what I'm standing in because the blood of Jesus covers my life. Is there anybody thankful for the blood? Passover is significant because there cannot be a Pentecost without a Passover. In fact, my friends, Pentecost sets its watch by Passover. From the moment of Passover, Pentecost is 50 days. 50, look at somebody say 50 days. 50 days from Passover to Pentecost. 50 days, 50 from Passover to Pentecost. That means that there are seven weeks of seven days before you get to Pentecost. There are seven weeks of seven days before you get to Pentecost. Because God likes to use Passover moments to bring finalization to some things, completion to some things in your life. But Pentecost is not the seven times seven. Pentecost, the 50th day, would have been the first day of the eighth week. And as much as I love seven times seven, I love eight and one even more. Because if you know your Bible and you know numerology, one and eight are powerful numbers. Can I preach this thing tonight? One and eight are powerful numbers because eight symbolizes and one symbolizes new beginnings. I feel like running tonight. I said one and eight are the symbolic numbers of new beginnings. In other words, before Pentecost was ever a day of power, it was first a day of new beginnings. That's not for everybody, but that's for somebody in the room who needs to understand that God is about to bring you into a Pentecost moment. Well, what kind of Pentecost moment? A moment where he takes every mistake that's been tracking you down and every failure that's been holding you back, and he vanquishes it once and for all and sets you free in a brand new beginning. Is there anybody ready for a new beginning? 
I said, are you ready for a new beginning? Are you ready for a fresh start? Are you ready for job, oh, hallelujah, job promotions and new employment? Are you ready for your finances to go to another level? Are you ready for your family to go to a higher place? Are you ready for something fresh? Pentecost is the time God has prophetically chosen to shift himself and his church. Can I speak prophetically for a moment? I feel in my spirit that Pentecost Sunday will be the great shifting moment for the church of the living God in 2022. I don't know, oh hallelujah, I don't know if you're hearing me in this room, but I'm here to tell somebody God is about to shift his church and every demon in hell is scared to death and every demonic principality is nervous. Why? Because God is about to turn his church loose all over again in 2022 at Pentecost. It's going to happen at Pentecost. It's going to happen at Pentecost. I feel that in my spirit. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You've been waiting on God to do some things, but it's going to happen at Pentecost. You've been waiting on God to heal your body. It's going to happen at Pentecost. You've been waiting for God to restore your marriage. It's going to happen at Pentecost. It will happen at Pentecost. Pentecost is the place on the eighth week, first day, new beginning. And God says, this is the shift you've been waiting on. This is the shift you've been waiting on. So, yes, you have Passover. But if I wanted to rename Pentecost, I should call it Passed Over. Moving from Passover to Passed Over. Oh, come on, somebody. Now you know why the enemy doesn't want you to get all from God that you're going to get next week. Now you know why the enemy's been fighting you all week long, telling you don't be in church, uh, take some time off, do you? But there's something in somebody's spirit. I feel like I feel the anointing. There's something in somebody's spirit tonight that is, is wooing you, saying if you can just keep going, God is about to do something your eyes have never seen. It is with this knowledge that we know that Passover and Pentecost are connected, but they don't line up right against each other. There is 50 days. Watch this. Can I be deep for a moment? There is a gap. Because what if I told you what you do in the gap still matters to God? How you handle the gap still matters to God. How you handle the space between what was and what is still matters to God. Y'all way too quiet. How you handle the divorce and the gap between divorce and remarriage. How you handle your last employment and your new employment with the promotion that you've been with. How you handle it. God is looking. If you want to know where God's eyes are at, uh, they're not in the end and they're not in the beginning. Why? Because he's already the alpha. And the Omega. So where is God watching in a Pentecost season? He is watching how you handle the gap. Oh, come on, somebody. He is watching how your attitude is in the gap. Your mindset in the gap. The way you handle people in the gap. The way you respond. Y'all are way too quiet. How you respond in the gap. God is staring at your life trying to handle. See if you can handle what he has prepared. What you do in the gap determines what you receive at the finish line. 
what you do and how you act right now in the place of unfamiliarity is what God is looking to use to bless you. And if you can handle the gap right, God will bless you. Pressed down, oh hallelujah, shaken together and running over if you handle the gap correctly. And I'm thankful tonight that when we look at Scripture, you still with me? That when we look at Scripture, we don't have to look very far to see how Jesus handled the gap. Because Luke 24 teaches us how Jesus handles the gap. The Bible said that in the middle of the gap, number one, he kept moving. He didn't let the unfamiliarity of the space and place keep him from making progress in faith. Some of you, because, oh, hallelujah, what's been around you has left you, and it's a new season, and it's a new day, and it's a fresh start. You remain paralyzed because you're not sure what this new space and place really should be. But Jesus tries to show us that if you come into a new space and place, you got to keep on moving. You got to keep on putting one foot in front of the other and keep on moving in your faith. Jesus said the first thing I showed them is that I'm not going to let fear paralyze me. Do you know what I'm, the greatest moves of God for some of the greatest men and women of God that I have ever seen did not happen in fearless places. It happened with all hell breaking loose around them and all the fear coming against them. And yet in the middle of the fear, they could feel the fear and do it anyway. Because that's what you got to do sometimes is feel the anxiety and feel the worry and feel the fear and still do what God said. Oh, are you hearing me tonight? You got to feel the pressure of the enemy and feel the pressure of all hell coming against you and make up your mind that no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And if God be formed, me, who can be against me? This is not my season to slow down. I got to keep moving forward in Jesus' name. If I'm preaching to anybody, give God some praise. And here we stand in the gap. The Bible says that he led them in the gap. He led them. Aren't you thankful? Point number two, that not only did he not stop moving, but that he continued to lead them even when it was in unfamiliar places. I'm thankful for a Jesus that does not abandon me in unfamiliarity. That's a word for somebody tonight who is in an unfamiliar place and a new space in your faith and you're wondering where God is. I promise God is with you. Oh, hallelujah. God is with you. Never confuse his inactivity as silence. And he proves to them that I'm going to take you and move you and lead you in the gap. Can I go deeper? And the Bible says in the gap, he leads them at the end to a place called Bethany. Luke 24 says he led them as far as Bethany. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I read where he took them at the end of the 40, 50 days, at the 40 days, uh, I, got a little, I got a little frustrated because I was wanting to go somewhere new. Come on, somebody, be real. 
if you do all that work in the gap, you ain't trying to go somewhere you've already been. There are my real people. There you are. Yeah. Yeah, you won't go somewhere new. You won't go somewhere fresh. But the truth is, we have just been to Bethany 40 days earlier. He is bringing them back to a place they have already come from. Why? Because if God ever takes you back to places that you have already been, the goal is not to frustrate you. It's to introduce you to a new dimension. In other words, if God keeps taking you back to that job, and he keeps taking you back to that place, and he keeps taking you back with those people. God is not trying to frustrate your destiny. What he's trying to let you know is, is that every time you show up from here on out, I am taking you there with something new and fresh on your life. Let me, let me, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. Watch, watch this. The first time we're at Bethany, he is going to an old Jerusalem. But this time at Bethany, he is going to a new Jerusalem. The last time we were at Bethany, they are singing the song, Hosanna. But now in this new place, new dimension, they're not singing Hosanna. They're about to sing, Worthy is the Lamb. Can I go deeper? In Bethany, the last time, he had to find a vehicle, and that vehicle was a colt. But this time, he's not choosing a colt as his vehicle because on this new dimension, a colt just won't work. He needs a cloud. Could it be that God has left you where you are because he's about to bless you in such a fresh way that people are going to take a look at your life and say, wait a second, I knew you 40 days ago, but the you that I see right now is not the same you I saw. God is about to do something supernatural in your life. If you believe it, somebody give God some praise. Yeah, yeah, here comes Pentecost. Uh, here comes Pentecost. Uh, here comes the rising into a new place, uh, in a new dimension, in a new place of faith in God. God is about to raise you up at Pentecost. And so we are privy of where he has taken them and how he has taken them. Can I give you some more? But ultimately, we are privy to what he actually gave them in the gap, and I'll be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, I thought it, along the way he would give them some, some spiritual gift. I was waiting for him to impart a spiritual gift. I was waiting for him to give them some supernatural power in the gap. But you know what the Bible says he did in the gap? He opened their understanding. Some of you are trying to go places in God that you are not yet permitted to go because you lack the understanding it takes to stand in it. In the kingdom of God, you are only empowered to go into the places he's allowed you to understand. Are you hearing me in this room tonight? You are only empowered to stand in the places that he has allowed you to understand. For you cannot separate understanding and calling. They are connected. Is this too deep on a Sunday night? What if I told you that the prerequisite to calling is understanding? 
that when God wants to release your calling, he does so through an avenue called understanding. What you understand is the first clue as to what God has called you to do. If I don't say anything else, that was worth the price of admission right there. Let, let me show you what I mean. You have an incredible worship team. Don't you think you have an incredible worship team? I was waiting for y'all to say amen right there. I was looking at the drummer, and the drummer was killing it. Every once in a while, I know it's carnal. Snap out of worship for a second. Just check the drummer out. Killing it. You, you want to know? how he knows he's called to play the drums because he understands the drums. Do you know who will never play the drums? In fact, if you wanted to ruin worship, you would put me on the drums. Our worship pastor is Pastor John Wilds. Anybody know Pastor John Wilds? Pastor John Wilds, he, he, he don't just sing, he sings. Pastor John hits notes that are not humanly possible to hit. Come on, if you've heard it, there are times he'll take me right out the glory with a note. I'll say, what the, was that an angel? What was that? Do you want to know why Pastor John gets to lead worship, where he leads worship, how he leads worship, and when he leads worship? It's because there is an understanding that Pastor John has about music and the notes and the moments and the atmospheres. Yet God lets him stand in his calling because of his understanding. If Pastor, if Pastor Rayleigh, Apostle Rayleigh, ever called on me to leave worship, the church would be done. If he ever said, Pastor Josh is leading worship tonight, I would say, Pastor, this is the last night Calvary's ever going to be open. Don't ever have any other services. But you know what? I may not be able to play the drums, and I might not be able to sing, but if you hand me a text, and you give me my Bible, and you hand me a microphone, I will wear that thing out until the glory of God falls in a room and the Spirit of God begins to move and the anointing begins to flow. Why? Because God graced me with an understanding of the Scriptures, and that's how I know what I'm called to do. What am I trying to tell you? God has some things for you to do. He's waiting on you to understand it. What if the only thing holding you back from destiny is your lack of understanding? What is God trying to get you to understand that you don't see or know about? And the Bible says he loved them enough because of what he was about to do through him that he began to open their understanding. But he didn't just open up their understanding to anything. The text says that he, under he opened their understanding to the scriptures. Because the first place you gain absolute understanding of God is not on Facebook. It's not on Instagram, and it's not on TikTok. The first place God designed for you to gain an understanding of who he is is the Scriptures. What would the world look like, come on, I'm preaching in this room, if there was some people in the room who said over the last half of this year, I'm going to dedicate my whole life uh, to understanding the scriptures. Uh, some of us know more Hillsong than we do know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we wonder why we're losing when the enemy hits us. Because when that devil shows up, you can't grab a lyric, you got to grab a word. 
when Jesus fought off the enemy, it was not thus saith Bethel, and it was not thus saith, come on, and I love worship, but let me tell you, when it comes to defeating the enemies of your life, it's got to be you taking the word of God as a sharp two-edged sword and pierce that joker till he dies. He opened their understanding and opened their understanding to the word to show them, Pastor, that he, is this okay tonight? To show them that he had been there all along. That the Jesus that they were seeing in his divinity, the shift, had been there with them all along. Can I tell somebody? I know it seems like he doesn't know where you are. But I want to tell you, he has been there all along. I, I know you've gone through some tough things and you've questioned your faith and you want to know where God is, but the word of the Lord over your life is the only reason you're still standing and the only reason you're still talking and the only reason you're still breathing is because he has been there all along. Is there anybody in the room that could take about 30 seconds and praise God that he's been there for he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother for he promises I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's my Jesus. Uh, he's been there all along. He, there's a story in the Bible about, about a man named Blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is indeed blind when the story starts. Uh, but the Bible says uh, that Bartimaeus understood something that most current believers didn't. He starts yelling and screaming, son of David, have mercy on me when he thinks he's close because Bartimaeus understood something you may have not. Bartimaeus understood that even though I don't see him, it doesn't mean that he doesn't see me. Oh, y'all way too quiet. And I came to tell somebody, you may not have seen him over the last season, but the word of the Lord over your life is he still sees you right where you are. And the God who sits high and looks low is about to answer you because you did not fail in your faith. Am I preaching to anybody tonight? And so in the gap, he is now setting them up by opening their understanding to the scripture. He's doing what every great leader and every great disciple maker does. He is making sure that what has been following him is properly positioned for what's next. If you want to know if you're around good leadership or if you're around somebody who really wants to disciple you, just know this is always the box you check. Is do they care about their position or do they care about positioning you for what God has prepared for you? Great leaders and great disciple makers always make sure that when it's time to shift and move, the people are always in the right position. Which means that some of you saints of God are going to have to get off the sidelines. I was riding up here, and God began to deal with me in my spirit about how, for whatever reason, some of the mature saints of God have drifted to the sidelines during one of the most heated battles of our lifetime. 
We wonder why we are losing, I feel the anointing. We wonder why we are losing a generation to stuff that doesn't matter. It's because the grandmamas and the granddaddies feel disregarded and they have stopped discipling. When I came up in church, it wasn't just my grandmama and my granddaddy and my parents. It was sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so that kept me along the way who had the right in my life to show up and say, we're not going to do that anymore. And we're not going to go there anymore. There's too much purpose in you and there's too much destiny in you. In fact, what if I told you that the only reason I'm standing in what I'm standing in is because there was somebody who always helped me get in position. In the name of Jesus, I declare that there is a revival coming to the seasoned saints of God. I declare that revival is coming to the 60s and the 70-year-olds and the 80s-year-olds. Here's a word for you. If you're not dead, God is not done with your life. There is a whole generation waiting to be fathered by those who have been in faith for a while. What would the world look like if we decided that, that if we never saw it, but the generation that we discipled did, that'd be okay? You know the places God's really blessing are the places with transgenerational consciousness. They don't just care about right now. They care about the years and the decades if the Lord tarries afterwards. And there are people in this room that say, God, if the only reason you ever blessed me and touched me and saved me was so that my grandson... would know the glory and power of God if the only reason you ever did in my life for what you did is so that somewhere along the way the next generation would know the power of Pentecost God I'm cool with it whatever you got to do do it in me for them am I preaching to anybody and so he has led them moved with them opened their understanding I'm done And now he has positioned them at Bethany. As somebody comes to the keys, I thought about why he had positioned them and for what reason he had positioned them. And then it hit me. He was getting them in the right location for the update. All the opening of the understanding and the calling was because he was about to go because you can't have a download if there's not first an. He knew that he was about to go up and he knew what was about to come down and he knew if he didn't get them in the right spot, in the right place, connected to the right source, that they would run the risk of missing the update. So who is this update that he did all that for in the gap? He is defined, I'm done, as the Allos Paracletos, the Holy Ghost of God. I just felt him come in right there. Oh, I felt him. I just felt, I felt him coming right there. He is the Allos Paracletos. What does Allos Paracletos mean? It means another the same as. In other words, Jesus said, I'm not giving you an upgrade because an upgrade would denote that what's coming next is better than what left. And the last time I checked doctrine and theology, the three are one. And the one are three. And every part of the three is in the other. 
Hallelujah. No one is greater than the other. The three are one. So my friends, this is not an upgrade. This is simply an update. And I asked God to show me about this update. Because we need a better understanding of the Holy Spirit in the church today. Quick pneumatology would tell you that if you're trying to figure out who the Holy Spirit is on a quick side of things, number one, I would tell you, he's a person and not an it. Preach, Pastor Josh. I said he is a person and not a force or an it. Number two, he is holy and not scary. I want to say that again. He is holy and not scary. People are weird. The Holy Ghost is not. Can I go deeper? Quick pneumatology. He is third in the Godhead, but he is not last. He is as much God as the Father and the Son. In fact, the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now alive in you. The same Spirit that resurrected Him is the same Holy Ghost that can resurrect your life, uh, your dreams, your heart, your ministry, your calling, your marriage, your family. If He got Jesus, uh, there's nothing you're facing He can't resurrect as well. Quick Newman time. He is the governor by which all things in the kingdom are orchestrated from heaven to earth. Can I go deeper? Number five. He is the one who brings us access to Christ so that we can have perfect union with him. Do you see the power of the update? And I thought about how I could finish this message and illustrate this thing. And I realized that the place you can go for an update more often than not is everybody's got one of these these days. Somebody say amen. Some of you used it to get to church. The other day I was preaching on the road and there was a Starbucks I wanted to get to and it was .2 miles away and I still GPSed it. I could see the sign and I still GPSed it. We love our phones. But you know what is a constant in your phone for it to stay functional? Don't miss what I just said. Do, do you know what is a necessity to keep your phone functional? Updates. Some of us have lost our zeal, our passion, our fervor for God because we have gathered everything from the last thing but not received the new thing. And six months ago, we were at the front dancing, shouting, and praising, but now we barely come to church. I would tell you that maybe the reason is not the pastor's fault or the church's fault, but maybe you didn't update recently. And I thought about this update called the Holy Ghost, one coming up, two other coming down. And I thought about four quick aspects because some of us know what we got with Jesus, but perhaps the only reason you haven't got the update is because you don't know what's new. Every time I get a massive update, the first thing I check is what's new because I want to know what I'm getting when I get it. Come on, I can trust Jesus. I'm not so sure about Apple sometimes. Amen. And so I looked at what was new for this Pentecostal update. And number one, I found out that when you get the Holy Ghost, 
in your life through this update baptism in filling and dwelling, the first thing that will change is the location settings. In the Old Testament, he was around men. In the ministry of Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. But this text that I read you tonight says that when you get this update this time, he won't just be around you. And he won't just be near you. And he won't just be upon you. But the Bible said he will go from being outside of you to inside of you. You will carry the Spirit of God every single place you go. Do you know how profound it is to know that you are not carrying some spirit or another spirit, but the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you? Do you want to know how to grow your faith? Let the Holy Spirit grow your faith for you. Some of us lack faith for things because, listen, in your weakness, God is strong. And when your weakness goes up, the Holy Spirit will build for you in faith, which you could not build for yourself. So he'll change your location settings. Number two, not just your location settings. He'll change your personal settings. Because I just told you that this Holy Ghost is a person. And if he is a person... He must have a personality. What if I told you that the personality of God is the fruit of the Spirit? Some of you are trying to figure out what it's like to be around God. But to be around God is to be around love. Joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, kindness. Y'all are way too quiet. All temperance. To be around God. If you wanted to hang with God and wonder what God is like, God's personality is the fruit of the Spirit. And God guarantees that when you get this Holy Ghost on the inside of you, as you track towards Pentecost, something will start to change in your personality. You go from being angry and bitter and malicious with your words and a gossiper and all these unforgiving parts of you. And God said, He'll start to change it. He'll take anger out uh, and he'll put joy and peace in. He'll take this out and he'll put temperance in and meekness in. I wonder if there's anybody thankful for the change uh, to your life uh, for, by the fruits of God's Spirit. You know why we don't talk about the fruits of the Spirit? Because the Pentecostal world is enamored with the gifts of the Spirit. Here's what I found out. God gives gifts, but he grows fruit. We love the gifts because of how quickly they come. But if you want a long-lasting walk in faith, you need more than gifts. You need some fruits to be grown on the inside of you that will help you make it when life falls apart. I feel the anointing that will be there to help you make it when they walk away from you and they talk about you and they leave you and the job fails and things fail. You need the fruit to fortify your soul. So he updates the location settings, the personal settings. And number three, he updates the battery life. You ever notice how whenever your phone starts getting funky, the first thing that goes, if you haven't updated it, is the battery. You'll start realizing that your phone doesn't hold a charge like it used to. I, you didn't hear what I said. When things start going funky, 
you'll realize that it doesn't hold the charge that it used to. Because when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, He comes to bring a supernatural energy to accomplish the will of God. And when that kind of power, dunamis power shows up, no devil in hell can stop it. When that kind of dunamis power shows up, no principality can hold it back. No disease can keep you from doing it. No cancer cell can keep you from pastoring a church when your battery is full on the Holy Ghost. When the Spirit of God comes, He comes to make your battery last. There, oh, I feel the anointing. There are things that God needs you to do. And wouldn't it be a shame if we only gave the world what they needed halfway? An awesome Jesus, but tired and worn out saints. Can I minister this and be done? I felt like tonight God was sending me to some people who were hungry but weary. I felt like in prayer, God was sending me to some people who were in this room tonight that you love the Lord and you want the Spirit and you want to do for God. But if you were to be honest, you are tired. Life, pandemic, the world around you has drained the energy from you. And yeah, you're still doing ministry and you're still a greeter and you're still a mom and you're still a dad and you're still doing it and you're doing it. But yet, every time you lay your head down, you wish for more energy, more ways to do it, a fresh vigor, a fresh passion. And you say, God, if you just give me the battery life, I would do more for you. I came to tell you, you are in the right room on the right night of the right month because this update is about to re-energize your battery. You're not going to leave here like you came with fresh passion God is restoring you stand to your feet everybody the last thing and there's so many the last thing that he began to speak to me about is yes you have your location settings your personal settings your battery life but I realized when this update comes he'll change your language settings too He will introduce into your life a language you have never had before. Some of us have been relying on the language we know. And if I had any real people in this room know that you have gone through some things and there's been some times in your life where you didn't even have the English to pray anymore. Oh, I wish I had some real people. When people are dying and they're sick and you're standing there praying and you're saying, God, I don't know what even, I don't even have the words anymore to pray this thing out. I'm, do you realize that just about the time that you lose your language is the time this new language will well up on the inside of you and all of a sudden you'll go, God, I don't know. But in your next breath you'll say, and the Holy Ghost will begin to pray through you. Well, how does the Holy Ghost pray? The Holy Ghost prays the 
the mind and the will of the Father. The Holy Ghost prays things that the enemy cannot intercept and cannot hack. Can I tell you something? The Holy Ghost has never prayed a wrong prayer and the Holy Ghost has never prayed an unanswered prayer. So the question of the night that God brought me into this room for you to answer is so simple. Are you ready for the update? In my spirit, I know there is a prophetic shifting about to happen in the church. God has chosen a divine day to release something on his people. Oh, how? All over again, I feel the anointing. To let his church loose all over again. They have tried to muzzle us and keep us. The enemy wants us divided, not in unity. But I came to tell him Pentecost is coming. I came to tell every day Pentecost is coming. I came to tell, here comes some believers full of power, full of vigor, full of all. They're ready to step out and step into what God has prepared with this Holy Ghost update. Our you ready to receive it so my altar call is simple so simple tonight I want to talk to two groups of people the first group of people I want to minister to for a second God was very clear to me about this are people in this room who are weary from life that if you were to be honest about where you really are and you would take your church face off and your Christianity off for a moment, you are weary in your well-doing. And some of you feel like you're about to faint. Some of you don't know if you're going to make it another week, another day. What's been going on with your sons and your daughters has drained you to the point. What's going on in your marriage has drained you to the point where you don't know if you're going to make it. And God said tonight in this room, the reason why you had to be here is because he wants to restore the joy and the peace, and the vigor, and the passion to your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If I'm talking to you, I feel like I'm talking to weary people and tired people. God is about to use you in a tremendous way. And if I'm talking to you tonight on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. Talking to the weary people. Come on, there's no shame. Hands are already going up all across this room. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I know I heard you. Come on, if you were to be really real, you're really tired. I'm going to give you, look, hands all over the room. I know I heard you, Lord. God knew where you are. He knew where you were in the gap. He knows Pentecost is coming. And God made sure to send this preacher with this word to make sure you don't quit before Pentecost because the shifting is about to happen at Pentecost. So if you got your hand up tonight, as this band gets ready to play, I want to minister to you for just a second. I feel this so deep in my spirit. You are not going to leave the way you came tonight. There is about to be a supernatural Holy Ghost refreshing in your soul. If I'm talking to you on the count of three, one, two, three, get out of your seat and meet me right here. Meet me right here. That's right. That's right. That's right. I even sense while they're coming, somebody online is watching me and you're weary in your soul. 
I'm about to release something right into your bedroom, your car, right where you're watching me from, and the power of God is about to touch you in a supernatural way. God is going to restore. Come on, keep coming. There's no shame tonight. Keep coming, keep coming. God told me you'd be here. God spoke to me in prayer that you would be here. He knows you're tired. You don't have to hide it from God another day. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait ten seconds. I don't. I never do this in an altar call, but I feel like there's more people. That's right. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. There's no shame. I bet if you clap, they'll come. I bet if you clap, they'll come. I bet if you want to let them know that this altar is not a place of condemnation. It's not a place of shame. I want everybody at this altar to look at me. I want you to slip up your hands. I want the prayer team to get ready, the band to get ready. We're going to sing. But you know why I had you lift your hands? It's because you've had your hands on so much for so long that this is the first time you have felt the freedom of not having to be in control. And the Holy Ghost is about to touch your life. I feel the anointing. Come here, sister. Come here, come here, come here. Lift your hands a little higher. Come here. Tonight's your last night carrying it all. You have carried it too long. Too long, God says. Tonight the burden lifts off of your life. And there is a Holy Spirit refreshing coming to your soul. As I lay my hands on you, the power of God begins to run through you and revigorate. The Holy Ghost told me to tell me to say, He is already in front of you and He is making a way now, Spirit of God. Now, Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, I loose the anointing of the Spirit. Here comes joy. Here comes peace again. You're going to sleep like you've never slept before. Now, Spirit of God. Come on, slip up your hands. I want the, I'm going to turn the prayer team loose for a few minutes, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to do one final thing. I'm going to hand this mic over. But I want every person weary in this room to slip up your hands. Come on, I want you to start to sing in this room. Start to sing in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm about to lay my hands on as many people as I can with the prayer team. Father, I pray right now, God, there would be a moment of restoration in Jesus' mighty name. Are you ready to receive it? Come on, are you ready to receive it? All right, prayer team, lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them. Go ahead.